Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Wikipedia page for egocentrism. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. I'm Victor Bernardo, KSN. Okay, but I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. <laughs> I get it. You're trying to make an egocentrism joke? I understand. Egocentrism <laughs> is the inability to differentiate between self and other. More specifically, it is the inability to accurately assume or understand any perspective other than one's own. Citation needed. Egocentrism is found across the lifespan, in infancy, early childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. Although egocentric behaviors are less prominent in adulthood, the existence of some forms of egocentrism in adulthood indicates that overcoming egocentrism may be a lifelong development that never achieves completion. Adults appear to be less egocentric than children because they are faster to correct from an initially egocentric perspective than children not because they are less likely to initially adopt an egocentric perspective. Definition Egocentrism is the inability to differentiate between self and other. More specifically, it is the inability to accurately assume or understand any perspective other than one's own. Citation needed. That's exactly the paragraph that we started with, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yep. (laughs) Although egocentrism and narcissism appear similar, they are not the same, citation needed. A person who is egocentric believes they are the center of attention, but does not receive gratification by one's own admiration. Both egotists and narcissists 
are people whose egos are greatly influenced by the approval of others. While for egocentrists, this may or may not be true. Citation needed. During infancy, when infants and young children begin to show egocentrism, they learn that their thoughts, values, and behaviors are different from those of others, also known as the theory of mind. Initially, when children begin to have social interactions with others, mainly the caregivers, they misinterpret that they are one entity because they are together for a long duration of time and the caregivers often provide for the children's needs. For example, a child may misattribute the act of their mother reaching to retrieve an object that they point to as a sign that they are the same entity when in fact they are actually separate individuals. As early as 15 months old, children show a mix of egocentrism and theory of mind. When an agent acts inconsistently with how the children expect him to behave, in this study, the children observed the experimenter place a toy inside one of two boxes, but did not see when the experimenter removed the toy from the original box and placed it in the other box due to obstruction by a screen. When the screen was removed, the children watched the experimenter reach to take the toy out of one of the boxes. Yet because the children did not see the switching part, they looked at the experimenter's action much longer when she reached for the box opposite to the one she originally put the toy in. Not only does this show the existence of infant's memory capacity, but it also demonstrates how they have expectations based on their knowledge as they are surprised when those expectations are not met. Piaget explained that egocentrism during infancy does not mean selfishness, self-centeredness, or egotism because it refers to the infant's understanding of the world in terms of their own motor activity as well as an inability to understand it. In children's social development, the infancy is the period where the individual performs very few social functions due to the conscious and subconscious concern with the fulfillment of physical needs. During childhood, according to George Butterworth and Margaret Harris, during childhood, one is usually unable to distinguish between what is subjective and objective. According to Piaget, an egocentric child assumes that other people see, hear, and feel exactly the same as the child does. Unreliable source. Jean Piaget, 1896-1980, developed a theory about the development of human intelligence, describing the stages of cognitive development. He claimed that early childhood is the time of pre-operational thought, characterized by children's inability to process logical thought. According to Piaget, one of the main obstacles to logic that children possess includes centration, the tendency to focus on one aspect of a situation to the exclusion of others. A particular type of centration is egocentrism literally self-centeredness. Piaget claimed that young children are egocentric, capable of contemplating the world only from their personal perspective. For example, a three-year-old presented his mother a model truck as her birthday present. He had carefully wrapped the present and gave it to his mother with an expression that clearly showed he expected her to love it. The three-year-old boy had not chosen the present out of selfishness or greediness, but he simply failed to realize that, from his mother's perspective, she might not enjoy the model car as much as he would. So Piaget is a uh, is a guy that you know from your studies, correct? Absolutely. All right. I've written a lot 
about Piaget and his theories. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Piaget was concerned with two aspects of egocentricity in children, language and morality. He believed that egocentric children use language primarily for communication with oneself. Piaget observed that children would talk to themselves during play, and this egocentric speech was merely the child's thoughts. He believed that this speech had no special function. It was used as a way of accompanying and reinforcing the child's current activity. He theorized that as the child matures cognitively and socially, the amount of egocentric speech used would be reduced. However, Vygotsky felt that egocentric speech has more meaning as it allows the child's growth in social speech and high mental development. In addition to Piaget's theory, he believed that when communicating with others, the child believes that others know everything about the topic of discussion and become frustrated when asked to give further detail. Piaget also believed that egocentrism affects the child's sense of morality. Due to egocentrism, the child is only concerned with the final outcome of an event rather than another's intentions. For example, if someone breaks the child's toy, the child would not forgive the other and the child would not be able to understand that the person who broke the toy did not intend to break it. This phenomenon can also be backed by the evidence from the findings of the case study by Nelson, who studied the use of motives and outcomes by young children as aiding to form their moral judgments. Piaget did a test to investigate egocentrism called the Mountain Study. He put children in front of a simple plaster mountain range and then asked them to pick from four pictures the view that he, Piaget, would see. The younger children before age seven picked the picture of the view they themselves saw and were therefore found to lack the ability to appreciate a viewpoint different from their own. In other words, their way of reasoning was egocentric. Only when entering the concrete operational stage of development at age 7 to 12, children became less egocentric and could appreciate viewpoints other than their own. In other words, they were capable of cognitive perspective taking. However, the mountains test has been criticized for judging only the child's visuospatial awareness rather than egocentrism. A follow-up study involving police dolls showed that even young children were able to correctly say what the interviewer would see. It is thought that Piaget overestimated the extent of egocentrism in children. Egocentrism is thus the child's inability to see other people's viewpoint, not to be confused with selfishness. The child at this stage of cognitive development assumes that their view of the world is the same as other people. In addition, a more well-known experiment by Wimmer and Herner 1983 called the False Belief Task demonstrates how children show their acquisition of theory of mind, TOM, as early as four years old. In this task, children see a scenario where one character hides a marble in a basket, walks out of the scene, and another character that is present takes out the marble and put it in a box. Knowing that the first character did not see the switching task, children were asked to predict where the first character would look to find the marble. Their results show that children younger than four answer that the character would look inside the box because they have the superior knowledge of where the marble actually is. It shows egocentric thinking in early childhood because they thought that even if the character itself did not see the entire scenario, it has the same amount of knowledge as oneself and therefore should look inside the box to find the marble. As children start to acquire TOM, 
Their ability to recognize and process others' beliefs and values overrides the natural tendency to be egocentric. I also think that's like a power control thing because young children don't have a lot of power and control. And so they seem smarter if they say that the characters should look in the box. But that's my take on it. Um, who knows? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> During adolescence, further information, adolescent egocentrism. Although most of the research completed on the study of egocentrism is primarily focused on early childhood development, it has been found to also occur during adolescence. David Eckend was one of the first to discover the presence of egocentrism in adolescence and late adolescence. He argues, The young adolescent, because of the physiological metamorphosis he is undergoing, is primarily concerned with himself. Accordingly, since he fails to differentiate between what others are thinking about and his own mental preoccupations, he assumes that other people are obsessed with his behavior and appearance as he is himself. This shows that the adolescent is exhibiting egocentrism by struggling to distinguish whether or not in actuality others are as fond of them as they might think because their own thoughts are so prevalent. Adolescents consider themselves as unique, special, and much more socially significant than they actually are. Elkind also created terms to describe the egocentric behaviors exhibited by the adolescent population, such as what he calls an imaginary audience, the personal fable, and the invincibility fable. Usually, when an egocentric adolescent is experiencing an imaginary audience, it entails the belief that there is an audience captivated and constantly present to an extent of being overly interested about the egocentric individual. Personal fable refers to the idea that many teenagers believe their thoughts, feelings, and experiences are unique and more extreme than anyone else's. In the invincibility fable, the adolescent believes in the idea that he or she is immune to misfortune and cannot be harmed by things that might defeat a normal person. Egocentrism in adolescence is often viewed as a negative aspect of their thinking ability because adolescents become consumed with themselves and are unable to effectively function in society due to their skewed version of reality and cynicism. That's a little extreme. There are various reasons as to why adolescents experience egocentrism. Adolescents are often faced with new social environments, for example, starting secondary school, which required the adolescent to protect the self, which may lead to egocentrism. Development of the adolescent's identity may lead to the individual experiencing high levels of uniqueness, which subsequently becomes egocentric. This manifests as the personal fable. Parental rejection may lead to the adolescents experiencing high levels of self-consciousness, which can lead to egocentrism. Gender differences have been found in the way egocentrism manifests. Transient self, as defined by Elkind and Bowen in 1979, refers to impermanent image of self that is mainly relative to one-time behaviors and temporary appearance, and adolescent females have a higher tendency to consider themselves to be different from others and tend to be more self-conscious in situations that involve momentary embarrassments, e.g. going to a party with a bad haircut, <laughs> than their male peers. Another study conducted by Goosens and Byers, 1992, using similar measuring instruments, found that boys have stronger beliefs that they are unique, invulnerable, and sometimes omnipotent, which are typical characteristics of personal fable. 
This again exemplifies the idea that egocentrism is present in even late adolescence. See, I think the gender thing is just a cultural social thing and not like a biological rule, but you know. Uh, yeah, it's great information. I don't know, know what you mean by that. Anyway, results from other studies have come to the conclusion that egocentrism does not present itself in some of the same patterns as it was found originally. More recent studies have found that egocentrism is prevalent in later years of development, unlike Piaget's original findings that suggested that egocentrism is only present in early childhood development. Egocentrism is especially dominant in early adolescence, particularly when adolescents encounter new environments such as a new school or a new peer group. In addition, throughout adolescence, egocentrism contributes to the development of self-identity. In order to achieve self-identity, adolescents go through different pathways of crisis and commitment stages, and higher self-identity achievement was found to be correlated with heightened egocentrism. This is one of those articles where it goes very, very, very deep psychologically and loses I me. am a big fan of it. I know. You are an LMSW, but I'm a KSN. I'm different. During adulthood... The prevalence of egocentrism in the individual has been found to decrease between the ages of 15 and 16. However, adults are also susceptible to be egocentric or to have reactions or behaviors that can be categorized as egocentric. Frankenberger tested adolescents 14 to 18 years old and adults 20 through 89 on their levels of egocentrism and self-consciousness. It was found that egocentric tendencies had extended to early adulthood, and these tendencies were also present in the middle adult years. Barron and Hannah looked at 152 participants and tested to see how the presence of depression affected egocentrism. They tested adults between the ages of 18 and 25 and found that the participants who suffered from depression showed higher levels of egocentrism than those who did not. Finally, Surtees and Apperly found that when adults were asked to judge the number of dots they see and the number of dots the avatar in the computer simulation sees, the presence of the avatar interfered with the participants' judgment-making during the trials. Specifically, these were the trials where the number of dots seen by the participant was inconsistent from the number of dots the avatar saw. Such effect on the participants diminished when the avatar was replaced with a simple yellow or blue line which concluded that somehow the avatar having a personal attribute implicitly caused the participants to include its vision into their own decision-making. That said, they made more errors when they saw prompts such as the avatar sees N, when N was the number of dots the participant saw and not the avatar, which shows that egocentric thought is still predominant in making quick judgments, even if the adults are well aware that their thoughts could differ from others. Egocentrism. There you are, everybody. We read it because Rachel wanted to, because she is egocentric. You were into it, though. No, the idea is fine. The idea is fine. It's just like one of those. It's like one of those articles where I'm like, uh. <laughs> really, I love this article. I know, I know, and it's fine. I, I, I mean, we we each have different things. I loved reading Leprechaun in the Hood, for instance. I thought that one was fun. So did I. Yeah. This has been the Wikipedia page for egocentrism. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. 
If there's a particular Wikipedia page that you'd like us to read, please let us know. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.